Today is Tuesday, September 2nd, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje. In Medjugorje, what is Medjugorje? Can Medjugorje even be defined in one word? The central point of all of these broadcasts that a friend of Medjugorje brings into your homes is to open your eyes, open your mind, open your heart to something that's taking place right now in the present, that in the future, when people look back at this age, at this time, are going to wonder, first of all, of the event that took place. They're going to wonder what was in the lives of the people who were involved in that phenomenon of God. And they're going to wonder what those people did to respond to what God was doing, intervening on behalf of his people. So we're living in a biblical age, in a biblical time, and we're not even aware of what we're living in this moment, of what's passing before us. And so tonight, a friend of Medjugorje in this present time is going to take the message that Our Lady gave earlier today to us on the Day for Nonbelievers to help us understand, first of all, the message, what it means for us, and what it means for the future of the world. And so tonight, as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend, of Medjugorje. Our Lady spoke of the endless Heavenly Father today. And this message of Mariana is something that is growing in its significance and what it's saying and what it reveals to us. It's like little tidbits or little insights. Like Visca has a diary of Our Lady's life. She's going to publish one day. We don't talk about that very much because in the beginning days it was of great interest to a lot of people. And now there's very little talk about it. But what wonders have we got to this time that for some reason the scriptures, and even from the saints, the hidden life of Jesus from after 12 years of age to 30, we know little, precious little about it. And so it is Maria has been told things about her life. And we have to realize the lady's not coming for the benefit of them. These things help them because they have so many crosses that they must bear. They have these little constellations like Maria Cosmo candies. And of course, they can't reveal those things. But I know by the time these apparitions are over, we will know more things about our lady's life with Jesus than what we know than before she came. 
And so it is this voice that speaks to us gave a message this very day for people who are non-believers, which includes us. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's September 2nd, 2014 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, I, your mother, am coming anew among you out of love, which has no end, from endless love of the endless Heavenly Father. And as I am looking into your hearts, I see that many of you accept me as a mother, and with sincere and pure hearts, you desire to be my apostles. But I am also the mother of those of you who do not accept me, and who, in the hardness of your hearts, do not desire to come to know the love of my Son. And you do not know how much my heart suffers and how much I pray to my son for you. I pray to him to heal your souls because he can do so. I pray to him to illuminate you with the miracle of the Holy Spirit so that you may stop always anew, betraying, cursing, and wounding him. With all my heart, I pray for you to understand that only my Son is the salvation and the light of the world. And you, my children, my dear apostles, always carry my Son in your hearts and thoughts. In this way, you are carrying love. All those who do not know him will recognize him in your love. I am always beside you. In a special way, I am beside your shepherds because my son has called them to lead you on the way to eternity. Thank you, my apostles, for your sacrifice and love. Mariana said that Our Lady was sad, but full of love. I pray for you to understand that only my son is the salvation and the light of the world. Many of you have probably seen the bumper sticker. It's got like six or seven symbols on it. For the Christian, for the Jew, for the Jewish people, for the, for the Muslims, for the Hindus, and whatever else symbols on there. And it's calling for unity. How do you become in unity with something except that what is unity? That's Jesus. And so Our Lady is not politically correct. We have people that walk timidly about the Muslims that we, we can't evangelize or we have to respect. Yeah, we respect people, but at the same time, we are called to evangelize. We're not bringing people to Our Lady's Son, Jesus Christ, because we don't speak convictingly of it. We speak with Timothy. We speak uh, with caution. Don't offend somebody. And in fact, who has the upper hand? The Freedom of Religion Organization writes letters. They don't hardly sue anybody, but they'll simply write a letter to a school and complain about something, and the attorneys for the school runs the school, not the principal, not the superintendent over the county or the city. The attorney does. 
and says, well, we'll get sued. We'll have to make cost us $10,000 or $100,000. So let's just take it down. What kind of sissies, what kind of sissy Christianity we become? Just simply say, no, you're not going to take it down. And a lady says this today. I pray for you to understand that I, she's having to pray for us. We're Christians. She's speaking to us, her children. We know the Virgin Mary. We know the Nativity. We know she gave birth to Christ. And she's saying, and you, my children, or rather, I pray for you to understand. Actually, she says before that, with all my heart, I pray to you to understand that only my son. That's an incredible statement to say we're Christian. And she's praying us to understand that it's only Jesus Christ that is the salvation. With all my heart, I pray for you to understand that only my son is the salvation and the light of the world. Nobody else is the light. Nobody else is the salvation. Not anybody or anything in any other religion or any idol. Is Christ. You know, Medjugorje is not a problem identifying place. A lady has come for 33 years and say this and that, just like a talk show host or, or writers of conservative things and, and they're on the left and this problem and let's fix this problem. Medjugorje has nothing to do with identifying problems. Medjugorje is a solution-oriented phenomenon. Our lady is bringing us a solution and there is aspects of it that we need to understand. But if we don't get the summit of the solution, the very singular solution, which is Jesus Christ, only her son, is going to change things. Nothing else will. So we've got the Tea Party thinking it's Congress. We've got to elect congressmen. We've got the left saying it's, it's the put more Democrats in. We've got all these parties. We have all these things going on. Here's the solution. Here's my my plan. Here's this plan. No. It's just very, very simple. It's Christ. And when we stand up at a school, when the freedom of religion comes up and barks about something and makes all there to do about it, and the fathers especially go out there and say, you will not take the sign down. We are believers in the Christ. And you'll have to come across our bodies to do that. Because we're willing to die for that. We'll die for our Savior because He died for us and He died for you. And if you're not ready to die, then don't come get this. You know what happened? They'd back down. Not one place anywhere have they stood up like that. It's a very simple solution. You say, well, is that radical? Christianity is radical. The problem is, is we're not radical, not fanatical. That's a whole different thing. But radically, we need to understand that we don't have to be second rate or on the same level about anybody else being the savior for the world. Obama's not it. And a lot of people think he is. Remember his first inauguration? when he was going to accept the presidency when he won that night, they had Roman columns up and Laurel re-salary like a Greek god. And he said that the waves and the, the oceans would come, I think the oceans would rise at his inauguration. 
Look it up as soon as they fire the first shot. Amazing statements. This godlike figure who brought us nothing but misery, who really understand your enemy. He's an enemy to Christianity. He's an enemy to Christian marriage. He's an enemy to the fidelity that we owe to Christ. And yet we don't see it. So it's amazing to me that Our Lady is praying for you and me with all her heart to pray for you to understand that only my son is the salvation and light of the world. What is she saying? Quit apologizing for Jesus. Quit apologizing for this nation in the United States of America. It's based in Christian principles and all the civil laws indissolubly bonded to those principles of her son. And Christian Europe, don't vacate your history and your Christian roots, continue them. Europe is Christian. It's in a period where they've fallen away and they're leaving us pagans. People say America is not only a Christian nation. It's garbage. We were born a Christian nation. We are a Christian nation. Right now we may not be living it, but we're to return to it. See, they know if we're convinced, and I've heard people say, I've heard people write, I've read people reading about it, even Christians saying, well, yeah, we're no longer a Christian nation. That's a, that's a deception from the devil. We are a Christian nation. We're in sin. And we have to go through repentance. And only Christ is our answer for everything that befalls us in this country and in the world. So our lady is talking to us, the Christians, that you understand that you've got to get back to professing Christ unabashedly, unembarrassingly. He is the only Savior. There's nobody else. There's plenty of people you talk to at work. There's plenty of people you run across in your path. And isn't it amazing that a Muslim woman goes into a Catholic church in Musul and leans over to the Christian woman? She says, I'm so sorry for what's happened to you. Y'all were here first. She was even submitting to that. So it's not that you can't say something to Muslim. But yet we're too timid, and we're too weak to do what we do. So we continue this downward spiral that we believe we're no longer a Christian nation, which is going to make us not be. Our Lady said in the message today that because of the hardness of hearts, we don't desire to come to know the love of my son or non-believers or whoever she's referring to. She's not. She didn't say, we don't desire to know my son. She's saying, you don't desire to know the love of my son. What is it about the love of Jesus that keeps unbelievers from wanting to draw near to him? Is it fear? Is it unworthiness? Is it hatred for his way? Is it selfishness? Is it pride? Why wouldn't we want, why would a non-believer not want to know the love of Jesus. The non-believer is someone who's never experienced the love of God. The love of God is experienced between the husband and wife loving each other. When the husband and wife doesn't have a proper exchange of love and proper order of structure in the family, anarchy ensues in the heart, not just physically in the family home, but in the heart of that individual. You got one parent going one way, another parent going another way. It makes a kid have two different kind of hearts. What's that called? Bipolar. 
We have to have psychiatry tell us all kinds of stories. I guarantee a lot of this is rooted down to the way you're raised. You get a man and you get a woman, husband and wife, and you unite them, and they're one in their thoughts, one in their order, one in their direction, one in the spiritual walk, you don't have a whole heart. You have two that's different, not united, different in the spiritual walk, what their ideas are of that, or even arguing or fighting and not extension of love, you'll have disorder in the heart. You have a divided heart. And many people are lost in this sense. We have, in the family today, the most destructive birth of non-believers because they've never really felt the love of what God is, especially from the Father. Because the Father is representation of God in the family. A lot of women may not like to hear that. But he is God's representative. That's why he's called the Father, and the Heavenly Father is called the Heavenly Father. And so it is, our lady says, I'm your mother, I'm among you anew. I am coming, rather, anew among you out of love, which has no end from endless love of the endless Heavenly Father. Why is she emphasizing that? Because he has no beginning and no end, and he'll always be there for you. But isn't it interesting how he says, I, your mother, am coming anew. Because she had a beginning. She's a new being in the infinitesimal time of history of the God, or our God, the Heavenly Father, because he has no beginning. And so I always, I saw this immediately, was intrigued that I say, I'm coming anew among you. Because today, she's coming with more power, more grace to dispense, in a new way than what she has in the last 33 years. What does that mean? God's granted her more authority. I'm coming with a fresh new look. What does dew do to, to the flowers? So a new among you, so she's got a new presence with us, a new, a new power of love to be among us through the love who has no ends, it's endless love and endless from the endless Heavenly Father. So we have these non-believers being birthed in the family because it was not the proper exchange of love for each other through God the Father. And so the problem with that is that we got a world we're inheriting that people are really deformed because they never they never had these things in their home. What, what is it that's necessary? Not a home, not being well-fed, not having things. What keeps them from the Father? They're running from His love. It's always these ways. It's, it's, it's headstrong, stubborn, prideful. People want to put a limit now on our freedom because we have non-believers who, who are in positions now that don't understand how God's freedom really is. And a God who loves disciplines his children. And so we're going to wake up one day and realize that Our Lady came to bring us to God the Father and that she's going to be through with her apparitions and what time we've missed. Sometimes something has to leave before you really get it. And you don't want to do that. This is why we've been talking about the bishops. They've gone 33 years and still not getting it, a lot of them, or most of them. 
And how sad that would be. When Our Lady said, I want to illuminate you, she said, ask to pray that God would, that I pray to Him to illuminate you with miracles. But you cannot wait on that time. You can go and do your prayers now to be illuminated like we are and like other people in the Medjugorje world are doing that instead of being so stubborn against it. So warrior's home. What is home? We don't have it today. Just like people saying, we're no longer a Christian nation. We're really no longer in the family makeup of the way it's supposed to be made. And this is the tragedy. This is the sorrow. be turned on And I was always gone too long Curfew was at 10 p.m. And I'd sneak in, try not to wake him when I got home Daddy always said Son, you're half a bubble off a plum it's strong and stubborn, and maybe I was And I couldn't wait to leave The last place in the world I wanted to be Was home
Our Lady's message today, of course, Our Lady's second of the month messages have been rather long. The last several months, really for the last year, they've really been rather long, but there's something, do you think there's something a little hidden in today's message? Uh, first of all, uh, Our Lady, you just spoke about what Our Lady said about her son. In the beginning of the message, Our Lady spoke about the endless Heavenly Father. But throughout the thread of everything that Our Lady's saying here, there's something that's common between the two, and that's Our Lady herself. So you got the endless Father, but she's the mother. You have Jesus, but that's her son. And do you, maybe this is something that can't even be spoken about now, perhaps, maybe to only a certain degree, but you said just a while ago that Our Lady's coming with a new power and a new efficacy. Is there something that are, that's being threaded in this message that te- that's telling us specifically about the person of Our Lady herself that maybe we don't even understand right now in this moment? Well, it's said by the saints and also our own wisdom and cognition that Mary, just in her short, brief blink of an eye on earth before she entered eternity, was filled with so many graces in her perfect walk for her whole life that throughout eternity she'll never be emptied in what she can dispense. Her vessel is endless. It will never run out. And you could say that God's always going to be constantly refilling it. No, she gained in her earthly life what she is in her eternal life. An immeasurable purity. Immeasurable love. In other words, she united herself with God in such a way, such an intimacy, that just like a vehicle with a tank, she's hooked to him in a way that she can never run out. It's endless. And she just told us last month that she wants us to be in her heart as we can become part of God. And of course she said, And you, my children, my dear apostles, I always carry my son in your hearts and thoughts. In this way, you're carrying love. Do you not think she's saying something there in a mystery? Something that as she walked this life, how she had God in her heart, her son, continually. And this goes to say that she continues, all those who do not know him will recognize him in your love. And that's interesting because a lot of people that just walk on the street, how are they going to recognize in your love? How will you get their attention? I know one of the moms went out to check something out for us a couple hours away from here. It was a gathering of people for actually some of the agrarian stuff that we do. And there was many, many families there. They said there was over 10,000 people there for this event. And so with these cow, these, these uh, mules and everything that they had up there, they had um, all these families there. But over and over and over, the mom that we sent with the children and several of the kids from here were constantly sought out by people. And she came back talking about amazed how people just stop them and start talking to them and ask things about the kids. 
and she knows they wouldn't do this with anybody else. What is that? We see this over and over and over with us when we go somewhere, when we do something. People are drawn to us. We're not wearing a billboard. We're not wearing T-shirts with our names on it or something that would get people's attention. Something gets their attention. And you, my children, my dear apostles, always carry my son in your hearts and thoughts. And in this way, you're carrying love. All those who do not know him or recognize him in your love. We're not even displaying love. In the way you might think. But there's something that is carried within us as our whole day is about our lady. Our structure of our life is based into the messages. Everything we eat, drink, and, and think and do is the message constantly. It's just an ongoing process with our children. How we behave. And I can't tell you why somebody else walking down the street as opposed to us walking down the street. There's something supernatural that those who do not know him, Jesus, recognizes him in our love. Maybe it's the way we treat each other. I don't know. But I told you a while back, I was coming back from, um, I think it was, I don't even know where it was. And I got bumped up to the first seat in the plane and just minded my own business, doing my own thing. I read the poem of God. I did my prayer, prayer, my rosary, uh, two more rosaries. I did a 54 in the novena. Didn't bother, didn't ask for anything. They kept asking, you want this to drink, you want this? I said, no, thank you. And then the flight, the flight story says, I've, I've really never had a passenger like you. I don't, I don't even know why she said that. I mean, I was thinking, I was dumbfounded, really. And basically she relayed, you're a joy to have on the plane. I didn't do anything. Something happened in her heart that gets some. Maybe it was praying the rosary. She saw, she saw that. I don't know. Then she goes on and apologizes for having to sit on the seat. She says, you know, it's easier for us tortoises to do what we do. But really what she said, I remember now, she says, you're, you're one of the easiest uh, passengers I've ever had. And there was nothing that stood out in my behavior. So it's got to be something supernatural that when we walk with our lady, when we commit ourselves and our lives to that, that's something they see that I don't even see in myself or that they see in you that they don't see. And this is what the mom that was out yesterday said. People were just drawn to us. And we, we can do go anywhere, and this happens over and over and over. That's why we always carry a, a, in our vehicles a whole case of all the books and arranged material because we go out, somebody's going to say something to us and start talking something that leads right to Our Lady. And because we, in our love, don't apologize for her, we say her name, who she is, what she's doing. We don't tippy-toe around it. They're drawn to it. And so this is a real phenomenon associated with being an apostle. And this is something very, very important to understand that we're in a new frontier as far as what we do and how we go. And that frontier is something that is, it's just time to wake up. That God gives to us the graces that people can see with us. The, I don't know whether it's where we, I can't explain it. I just know we have the cognition of a repeated thing of our faith, our devotion, our cognition, our experiences. And being her apostles, that people see that somehow, and they're drawn to it. 
we constantly know these things, God clears away. Oh, he blows away everything that's disarray in our life. We got crosses, we got suffering, we got difficulties. But no matter what we do, we can't escape this thing that and we and we don't look back because of it. But our lady as an apostle and calling you an apostle, wanting you to be an apostle and wanting you to desire that apostleship, will give you something supernatural that you can exercise. You, and some people want to do it through ambition. Don't do it that way. No, you gotta live her message, you gotta live her ways, and it gives you the authority to speak about it. And she'll put you in a position in this new frontier that she's wanting to conquer the world that will do so. Wake up, it's time to leave. We got plans and we got dreams. We got a long way to go. Up all of your emotions, all your faith and devotion. We're gonna need it this I know. If you're at the edge of the past, our future's unfolding fast. Don't look back. We're going to a new frontier. Wide open without fear. I walk this winding road. If you and you
And we invite you at this time, uh, those of you that uh, are listening to the broadcast tonight, those of you listening in car, wherever you might be, to become an active part of Our Lady's plans in Medjugorje, particularly this new frontier, what Our Lady is laying out for the future of the world. A friend of Medjugorje just said that we don't understand the magnitude of the midst of what we're living in at this moment. And uh, that's very, very true. And uh, something that uh, has been repeatedly happening uh, the last number of years is that we've repeatedly been selling out of all of our pilgrimages every single month, uh, every single year. And uh, that's happened this year. Every pilgrimage has sold out. Uh, We're down to the very last pilgrimage, which is the October 27th through November 5th pilgrimage. And there's information on Medj.com. We invite you to go there and request information about a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. When this time passes, these last seven years that a friend of Medjugorje has been repeatedly telling us, that is about the time frame we have for Our Lady's daily apparitions. When that time passes, if you have not taken the opportunity to go and be in the presence of Our Lady or to be present in the village while she's appearing, it's something that you will regret. We can't express what you will regret in your heart uh, for not taking that opportunity. And so we invite you to do that. You can contact Caritas in the United States, and there is information on Medj.com. Just click on the uh, Medjugorje pilgrimages, and you can request information there. In the message today, Our Lady really reveals her heart in a way that struck me as something different. When she is speaking about, with real love, of those who have responded to her, have accepted her, have become her apostles, but she follows that line by saying, but I am also the mother of those of you who do not accept me. That is really just a heartbreaking revelation that she's actually addressing souls out there directly to them, saying, you don't accept me. I'm your mother and you're not accepting me. That you feel her grief. And and she responds by going to her son And pleading with him, you do not know how much my heart suffers and how much I pray to my son for you. My question is, how is it that Our Lady is praying to her son? That's probably not worded very well. In what way or how do you view or how do you imagine Our Lady going before her son and praying for these souls that have rejected her? That's difficult to answer because she's one with him. Just her thoughts are known by God. She can travel the speed of thought. It's not like a big thing she has to come to the earth. It takes some time and pack up a purse or something. So in heaven, you, you travel the speed of thought. And her her prayers would be at this uh, uh, speed of thought, just whatever she expresses. She's got a strategy. We just talked about that. She has to have that because Satan has a strategy. And what she's asking for is so monumental and, and mercy because we don't deserve it. That to be granted would have to be through the power of prayer or past civilizations who were judged and crushed and God's wrath came upon for even less than what we've done. There's got to be some kind of 
economic justification there of salvation that she can pay the price. And that may be all the angels and, and all the saints in heaven prostrated praying for it to pay for that. Or God would have to owe an apology, just like he told about Capernaum. It would go better for Sodom than Capernaum in judgment. And so that's a scary thing to think about. And we were. In, she said something here that was really incredible today. She says, I pray to him to illuminate you with the miracle of the Holy Spirit so that you may stop always anew betraying, cursing, and wounding him. Stop. And then she says, inserting, she didn't say may stop betraying, cursing, and wounding him. She says, may stop always anew. Is that not incredible? In other words, without technologies, without mass production abortion, our mass production sin, cloning, technological things and advances, messing with genetics, taking embryos out of animals and putting them in other cows so that you can be, you can make more profit, make a superhuman cow, or super cow, rather. Betraying nature, that God is man over God's ways and his natural way of doing things, is wounding to him. You mean he didn't make the cattle good enough for us to do to general breeding? or assisting if we have to in certain ways, but we cross lines. We have eggs and cows that don't belong to the, 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 the bull or the, the, the mother cow because we're taking her eggs and putting them in five or ten other cows or 20 cows so we have more of the mother we won't desire in the traits. Is this what God intended? There's a certain measure of wisdom it takes to say, how far do we go? And we're doing this thing in human ways. We did this with, we're doing this in the medical fields. In genetics, all around. So always anew, we're betraying God. Always anew, we're cursing Him. Always anew, we're wounding Him. This is an incredible statement. I saw this this morning. I pray to him to illuminate you with the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Because we need a miracle right now. We need something so big. We need the Holy Ghost. Because we, the miracle, the miracle of the Holy Spirit, so that we may stop always coming up with new ways of betraying and cursing and wounding him. So in answer to your question, you was asking about the love or the... How does Our Lady pray? How does she pray for God? It's, it's difficult to say, but we can look at the Feast of Cana to see what she just did. She just makes a request. She comes to the earth. She's asking us to pray. She says, give me all your prayers. I'll put them in my heart, and I'll take them to Jesus. So she descends, and she ascends with millions and millions of rosaries every single day, millions and millions of fast, millions and millions of sacrifices, and she comes back radiant in heaven with this in her heart. Jesus sees that, and he, she presents this to her son. So she's got to do. 
She's rallying the people. She's finding 10, 15, 20, 10,000, 2 million, 10 million. She's finding the numbers. What Abraham didn't do to save Sodom, to save the earth. And there'll come a point in time where there won't be the numbers that's needed. And so we have a separation. Because, but I am also the mother of those of you who do not accept me. Do you hear what she said? It's not those who don't know about Medjugorje apparitions. It's not those who don't know about Our Lady. These people know Our Lady. They've been to Medjugorje, but they've closed the heart. They are hardened. But I'm also the mother of those of you. She's speaking to them through this message. She's addressing them who do not accept me. And many, many of the people in Medjugorje now, or a good many, have been raised with the apparitions. They never went through a conversion process, and they're indifferent to the apparitions. And they don't even, some of them don't even believe it. You, have, you say that's difficult to believe. Medjugorje's turned into a city. Cities get corrupt, and cities aren't a good place to be always. So those of you who do not accept me and who in the hardness of your hearts do not desire to come to know the love of my son. So these are not people that's never known Our Lady or never heard about her. These are people who are very much aware Medjugorje, Our Lady appearing, or the shepherds or whoever they may be, who all the shepherds and all the bishops hear about Medjugorje. They all know about Medjugorje. But many of them have never opened their hard heart to realize our lady's coming to do something. And so we're going to have a great separation. A big separation. Because some things, you can say, I guess some of these things never change. The Holy Spirit can come and affect one and not affect the other. Because the other, not that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to do it, because they don't want it. Hardness of your hearts do not desire to come to know the love of my son. You say, oh, I love Jesus. I'm a bishop. I do this. I do that. Or I'm a shepherd. Or, or I'm following Our Lady. Not true. Because if you're really into prayer, fasting, sacrifice, you'll recognize Medjugorje and that who is sending Our Lady. And you'd be open to her. But that takes the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it takes a separation for one to go the Holy Ghost and one to go the other way. So we understand more clearly Our Lady's words. I'm looking into your hearts. I see that many of you accept me as mother and with sincere and pure hearts you desire to be my apostles. But I am also mother of those of you who do not accept me and who in the hardness of your heart do not desire to come to know the love of my son. How sad it is. Me and Virgil, best of friends. Brothers till the ferry and made a pack one sunny afternoon Down by Culpeper Creek Fishing holes and skipping rocks Down the railroad tracks we'd talk about cars and hopes and dreams The way our lives would be And we swore we'd never change We would always be the same The Holy Ghost A little younger than most Of the Jalapa Pentecostal Tent revival altar call Everyone from town was there that day and Virgil gave his soul away They were praising as I waited Outside the Gospel Hall Where we swore we never changed But it was Never be 
sad two brothers friends best of friends make a pack on Sunday afternoon that they'd always remain the same one gets illuminated by the Holy Spirit and one is up, ends up saying I guess some things never can change this is the hopelessness that our lady wants to break through a miraculous illumination that she's praying to her son because he could heal your soul when I spoke to Mariana and then writing the booklet Mariana Mystery Revealed, she spoke about this prayer that she had, that she's praying with Our Lady. I can't help think about, she's referencing this today in her message, that years ago, probably 15 years, 20 years ago, when I spoke to Mariana about this, that this prayer she says with Our Lady is for non-believers. And her and Visca say it with Our Lady together. Ask her if she can release it. She says, no. Is it secret? No. But it's not time yet. And so perhaps we'll all be saying this prayer, that Our Lady is saying, I'm praying to my son, that you understand that he, he is the only light, he is the only salvation and light of the world. And that we can come to know his love through that by people recognizing us. And so for these souls who don't know except, this prayer that Mariana has is to sweep across the whole world and bring people some kind of illumination to decide for God or against them. It'll be the last vestiges of sense and the love of the Heavenly Father that they can freely choose, experiencing His love for the first time maybe in their life, that they can go to conversion. And so Our Lady says, I suffer much for this. And I pray to my son for you who are like that. I pray to him to heal your souls because he can do so. So this prayer is going to do something. And you're going to see millions, hundreds of millions of conversions. You're going to see Muslims converting left and right. Read Mariana and Mystery Revealed. 
it speaks about these things. And so I believe when I read this this morning, she's alluding to this. That she's going after those. She's not going to rest. She's not going to stop. She's going to be interceding for her son, even though she suffers. And Jesus sees that. And he's moved to pity for her. And because she's praying so strongly to heal your souls, and she knows he can do it. I pray to him to heal your souls because he can do it. I did this at the wedding of Cana. He says, my time's not yet come. She turns to the waiters and says, do what he tells you to do. Why? Because what she said today, because he can do so. She knows she's got the power. She's just got to get us praying across the earth to make this wave of conversion to sweep across all of humanity, a glorious, incredible triumph, defeating the devil and bringing everybody to God. The question is, will you be one of them? Will you be there? Will the shepherds be beside her? She wants to. She says, I want to be beside the shepherds. I want them to be beside my triumph. And so she talks about this. And one interesting thing she says today is, thank you, my apostles, for your sacrifice and your love. Do you think we're supposed to sit around and wait for church approval with this statement? Do you think we're supposed to say, and here I say, thank you, my apostles, for your sacrifice and love? She's calling us apostles. What is an apostle? An apostle is one who's sent on a mission. It's the first prominent Christian mission, or for, for actually the first prominent Christian on a mission to a region or a group. An apostle is one who initiates a great moral reform, who advocates an important belief or system. We are called to be apostles no less than Peter, James, and John in the Twelve. That position of apostleship is assigned to us not because we developed it, not because we came up with the idea. She did. And so today, three or four times, she says the word apostle. And she's been saying a lot lately because she's advancing her plan to conquer the world and different regions to this group of people who are devoted to her to give their lives, give their blood, whatever they have to do. Thank you, my apostles, for sac- for your sacrifice and love. You know, the first 36 popes were martyred. They all spilled their blood. God required that to draw forth the church out of this, the seeds, the, the martyr's blood was the seed for the future Christians. Think about this last sentence. Thank you, my apostles, for your sacrifice and love. He can do so. And so you're invited to be apostle. What do apostles do? Miracles. May 25th, 1993, the Holy Spirit may begin to work miracles in you and through you. You think you're going to be apostle and not to have the power to do miracles and perform that? That's coming. You can't want an ambition. You do it what she said. You do it by what she said, April twenty fifth, two thousand one. I call you to prayer, little children. Prayer works miracles. It's through prayer. October twenty fifth, two thousand two. Believe that by simply prayer, miracles can be worked. Through your prayer, you open the heart to God, and He works miracles in your life. And it will be through your life. 
because you're called to be an apostle and you're going to have to have these actions that people will see and be drawn to you and recognize in you him and his love. And so it is. We have this very profound message today that is in confrontation and contradiction of those who are against Medjugorje. You're in error. You're in serious, serious error. And for the love of God, you need to at least vacate your position to neutrality and open your heart to realize the mother of God is appearing. Time is up. I'm not waiting for church approval because the church already gives me the right to have private devotion of private relations. I stand on that and nobody can stop me. Not even the Holy Father. Oh, you might say, that's not humble. No. I'm saying and quoting the church itself. It's not out of haughtiness or arrogance. Recognize your rights as a Christian, even within the bounds of the church, where those who are enemies to God, enemies to Our Lady, who hate Medjugorje, who despise it, or who are indifferent to it, or who are haughty, or who are not humble enough to say, well, maybe it is the Mother of God, and I'm not sure I can believe in this, that I maybe should back down from this. that you can give it a green light in your, in your diocese. You're messing up. If you hinder this in any way, you will regret it. That's not a threat. It's something you're imposing upon yourself. I have no power to impose that. Our Lady's appearing. I know it. I will die for it. This whole community will die for it. Many people out there would die before they deny it. We're out of time. You have no more time to decide. Decide against Our Lady or you decide for her. At the very least, you decide to let things go with Medjugorje and let it prosper. Stop hindering it. It's to your detriment. And if you're not absolutely certain, if you're not 100% sure, you need to back off your position right now because you're fighting the Holy Virgin Mary. And if you're fighting her, you're fighting Jesus Christ himself. And you know enough about theology, if you're fighting him, you're fighting God. And that's why Gamaliel says, wait, 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 let's leave this Jesus thing alone. Because if this is real, you'll find yourself fighting God. And there's many priests and bishops out there and lay people who are fighting God. We're right. You're wrong. And we will be proven so. We don't need any other things to tell us or any signs from a lady that we need more faith. We believe with our blood. And so the line is scattered. We have to have hope. Right now we're facing a time that's changing very quickly. Illusions really are coming into the inside of our hearts everywhere. Everything is an illusion. The computer, the systems, the way we live, everything we think about. And it's holding us back from truth. Some of you maybe don't know if you can believe in Medjugorje. You butter for your own good. I wanted to believe. And I know this change is on the way. Our lady says, I come in the wind. She is the voice in the wind for this time. And what is the Holy Spirit that she wants to illuminate with? It's the sign of a dove. A phoenix was a beautiful bird 
a mythical bird. And so it is. Different cultures have different things. We have the Holy Spirit. We know that it's descended in the sign of a dove. And as man, we can't do anything. But God can do everything if we let him. And that's what he's here to show us how to do that.
there's a change on the way And a voice in the wind In Rome, you have a place that's like a little cave you go into where Rome started in its ancient ruins, and you can see and walk into where Timothy and Paul was chained inside this little prison. It's pretty awesome to be there. It's dark. I stood in there when people left. They come in and look for a minute and they leave and meditated on what was their conversations like. And they actually are, they actually wrote one of the letters. It's in the Bible from there. And it's almost surreal that we can go to these places and know them. But they were locked in chains. They had chains sitting there. And so we know Peter was locked up in prison. An angel told him, rise, get up, and the shackles fell off. Paul went on to be beheaded. Peter was let loose. Saved for a while, and he was martyred later, crucified upside down. We are in an incredible time. There's change on the way. Our lady said today, you desire to be my apostles. Our lady said today, and you, my children, my dear apostles. Our lady said today, thank you, my apostles, for your sacrifice and your love. Do you think this is some kind of pretend game we have the kids sometimes here play mass they'll get a piece of bread you think this is what he's doing think she, you think she's just running a practice play on a sports field I tell you when she said the words apostles she means nothing less than when Peter was called is she resetting up the church? No, she's rebuilding it. It can't happen through the structure as it is now. Too much bureaucracy, too much centuries of error, too much wrong thinking, too much intelligentsia, intellectualism, too much theology. Look at all of her messages. She's been speaking to us for 33 years. What do you see? Anything against theology. And at the same time, what do you see any theology as we've got to teach it so sophisticated? Simplicity, be my apostle, sacrifice, and love. Yes, there is change coming. I want to see the coming of the Holy Spirit for the second Pentecost. You're sitting in the Apple Theater of History. You don't have to have permission. We got dealings with the Holy Virgin Mary, and we're called to be an apostle. Don't let anybody stop you not out of the church or in the church. 
Heaven's colonists answer the call. It'll be too late for those who don't. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the September 2nd, 2014 Radio Wave show with a friend of Mechagoria. To listen or download free, go to mech.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go down to Radio Wave and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Ask for the September 2nd. 2014 Radio Wave Show. Thank you for listening.